Alrighty, welcome back to the Horse Poor Podcast. I am Stephanie. I'm Diener. I'm Stevie. We're ready to party. <laughs> and we are feeling very fortunate to be sitting here in Shannon Blakely's dining room along with Shelby Wixon. Hi, guys. Woo! <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yes, we are down in Sundry. So excited. We had such a beautiful day of riding today and a whole lot of fun and a whole lot of mm-hmm. learning. And now we're going to start learning about business side of equine and maybe some agriculture. Um, and Shelby's going to talk to us about her business and kind of what she's doing now. But we'd love to hear about uh, maybe where you're from and like how you started and all your education that you had <laughs> leading you up to <laughs> what you you're are doing today? now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I run a company that consists of just me, a one woman show, um, called Sweetgrass and Saguaro Social. So basically what I do is I help brands and businesses, um, find their voice and connect with their audience and, uh, drive sales through creating authentic content and connecting with them on their online presence. So I grew up in Banff. Um, I went to school kind of all over. I I went to school in Victoria and then I ended up out here. And um, yes, I have a lot of education and I don't really work in any of of those industries, but I have an equine science diploma. Um, I have business management. I'm a land agent. I have an agriculture small business. Um, diploma. So I have a few different things. I've worn a lot of different hats. I worked as a land agent for a while. Um, and then, but I've always kind of in all my positions, I've kind of always had my hand in the marketing side of things. And I think basically how it happened is I started building websites for people and then it just kind of blossomed from there. So then I kind of tried the social media, Western influencer thing. Hashtag yeah, <laughs> I'm sure almost all of us have tried to do that at some point. Yeah. And kind of when I did that, I recognized that I liked the analytics and like the work that went into um, creating the post when it came to the content and the engagement and managing that part of it more than I liked being the photo, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind of how it all came about. And it's kind of just grown from there. And yeah, now here I am. And so are you a pretty organized person as is? Because I feel like that would take you a lot of so organized. organization. I am, uh, some would call me OCD. <laughs> I feel like you they? might be a labeler. Yeah. Do you label things? Uh, no, I don't no? label things, but I will say I have like three running day timers or agendas at one time. Like I have oh, wow. one main one and then I have one like that just for when I need to enter this rodeo and where I need to be here and where I need to be there. (laughs) And then I have like one on my wall. Hmm. So I am, yeah, that's something that I strive. I'm good at at organization. Yeah. 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 And I think that kind of goes along with it. I don't think you need to be organized to the point that I am in order to be successful, like in social media, but to a degree you definitely do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some analytics that you do notice? Like, is there a good time to post during the day or uh, what kind of hashtags are good to use locations or what, what's kind of like a little crash course in that? I know like I took public relations and communications when I went to university. I don't use any of that either. Um, yes, so you do. Look well, at you go. You do, <laughs> yeah. sort of. I'm not very good at it anymore though, but it was like kind of weird to like learn about like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and like, you know, like when you're going to yeah. university, but, um, yeah, no, I'd like to get your take on like what the perfect time and place would be to post. So it's really different for each individual brand or business or page. It, it really is because 
those kind of analytics of like when to post, well, all of it really, it's very unique to your audience. Mm -hmm. So really what it is, is like being very aware of who your ideal client is Mm -hmm. and not only, you know, sharing content that's valuable to them and writing your captions and, you know, selecting your imagery and all your branding colors and all that very more complicated stuff, but what time to post? Like, let's say for example, if you are someone, if you're a brand or business that's for uh, catered towards moms, Mm-hmm. typically probably it's going to be like a later at night or early in the morning mm-hmm. is going to be your prime time to post. Yeah. And that's stuff that you can all measure through your analytics, like right through your Instagram or your Facebook, or there's mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. apps that can tell you all kinds of stuff, but just, you know, common sense, obviously that's going to be when they're not yeah. going to be on their phones very much throughout yeah. the day. During the day. Yeah. Right. Um, but I can share like a couple tips and tricks, like a little crash course that is the best. I would say number one, um, that I see really high. Well, it's proven there's a lot more engagement on a carousel of photos, especially on Instagram. Yeah. So the reason that is, is because it'll pop up in your page with the first photo, like on your feed. So say if I was just someone looking at, you know, scrolling through and you guys posted a carousel post, I would see your first photo. The algorithm algorithm will actually push that post through with the second photo, the third photo, the fourth oh. photo later in the day. Because I oh, do really? see that it's like not. Oh that yeah. Front. Sometimes yeah. it's like the second one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's a really good um, tip. Mm-hmm. So if you can use carousels, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, locations definitely. Uh, hashtags, hashtags are kind of like ah, the, mo- the trickiest part yeah. because they're kind of like a gray area. So one general rule that I always use is I never put hashtags in the caption. Some, well, I do if they're related to the caption, but all of the ones that you add at the end, yeah. don't add them at the end of your caption. What you actually want to do is post your post and then go in as yourself and comment on your photo, the list With of those. the extra hashtags mm-hmm. that you want to use. The reason being, number one, as a viewer, like it just kind of creates white noise and more yeah. for them to scroll through. Mm-hmm. But also when you do that, even though the comment's coming from you, it's going to register in the algorithm as engagement on your post. Hmm. So it's going to boost that post's algorithm measurement to be able to push it to more people. So that's, that's really a really cool. good tip. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of one that sometimes people don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. And then I guess my other tip that's like the most common is you really want to make sure that you differentiate your, you understand how your audience differs on different platforms. Mm-hmm. So like Facebook yeah, different. followers versus Instagram followers, yeah. it is different. You're going to have some overlap. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have some overlap for sure. But typically like on Facebook, you're going to see people either want to learn about something like they want to read an article or a mm-hmm. blog post or something, or they want to um, laugh. Like it's just like yeah. a quick, easy yes. Right. Where Instagram is going to be a bit more, I find like, I don't, I don't know if inspirational is really the right word, but like, I feel like it, um, kind of encourages more intentional connection. Yeah. Big time. Definitely more connection there. And I feel like on Instagram people connect or are open to connecting with brands and businesses or individuals, like whoever it may be on a deeper level. Like people are more open to deeper, more difficult conversations yeah, mm-hmm. on Instagram as opposed to Facebook. So yeah. I think making sure that you're catering your content 
separately. You can have some overlap. I push automatic stuff, but you should have a few posts here and there that are specifically targeted to each kind of audience. Well, that's even like today, like this is like the first time we got to meet you. And I felt like I already knew like your horses. I knew this about you. Mm -hmm. I knew that about you because we follow each other on Instagram and I read your posts and I watch your progress. And like, I love that. Like, and so it's cool. Like you make that connection with people and it, yeah, it's actually really neat. I think that's something that um, people get discouraged with too. Like I see so many posts that, oh, social media is so negative and this and that. And I think like something that I always try to educate people on is that it it only is if you allow it to be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if you don't want to follow that page or this person's negative, you don't need to follow them. Follow That's them. fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. And <laughs> when it's used correctly, like I would honestly say exactly what Nadine's saying. Like, I don't even feel like I have to introduce myself to you guys because I feel like I already know you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel like I've known you for, I have made so many friends on social media mm-hmm. that I haven't actually met in person that I feel are genuinely yeah. invested in what I'm doing and yeah. encouraging and, you know, uplifting and good yeah. friends, then like, that's exactly what it's about. And then yeah. those are the people that are going to help promote your business or whatever you're doing. Oh, for and sure. So it really, if it's used properly and you have a positive mindset about it, it's like the most powerful marketing tool out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Like even when we started doing our merch and stuff, like, yeah, people ordered it that we knew, but there was like more people that we didn't know that mm-hmm. ordered our stuff and like told us how much they love the podcast. Like, which is really, really cool. Like we have people like when we're doing the mailing or whatever, people in Ontario, people in BC that like they just follow along and they love it. And you feel like you have a connection with them because Mm -hmm. they are invested in you and you can be invested in them back. So it is cool. So with your line of work, do you find that it's a certain industry that you are working with more? Like are you doing a lot in the equine industry or does it branch out to uh, other businesses and stuff? I definitely do a lot in the equine industry. Um, I have experience in all kinds of industries like I've worked with and I'm open to working with pretty much anybody because really I mean yeah you're tweaking certain things but the overall big picture of how you're approaching the social media is the same like the technical aspect of it it's Mm -hmm. just tweaking the content and the language so yes I work with a lot of people in the equine industry Um, I have experience in the auto industry so I worked for a big dealer group and was successful there Um, I've worked with a lot of boutiques and Western fashion related, Mm -hmm. uh, businesses. And then I'm trying to think of what else I've worked with, like an education company that does online tutoring. Um, so kind of a bit of every one, but I would say my passion and my expertise is definitely in the equine industry because I'm so involved in it myself. Oh, for sure. So having someone, if you're looking for a social media manager or a marketing coach, having someone that can adapt and understand the language and how to tweak your content specifically to the industry that you're in that's kind of Mm -hmm. the magic piece of it and that's how you know when somebody's a good fit yeah Yeah. Yeah. so what can someone expect when they hire you to do their social media like you kind of give them a consultation and like do a rundown and like maybe some of the services that you all provide yeah so I do a lot of different things everything from like full-time platform management. There's a lot of people that just want to like totally hand over everything and they, yeah. they're just too busy. Yeah. yeah. Please do it all for me. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> There's a lot of people that want to be, yeah. it's kind of individual, I guess. We kind of work it out. Like the first couple of weeks are kind of, you know, coming up with a flow that works for 
them and what is going to work best for the business. Some people want to be a little bit involved and it'll be kind of collaborative. Some people I will like plan all their content, send it to them, but they do all the technical aspect of like actually pushing the post and doing all that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, but yeah, I do consultation calls. I spent all morning on consultation, consultation calls today, kind of explaining what I do. The first thing that I try to get people that are interested is I have a service called, um, the check me out assessment. And basically what it is, is it's like an in-depth look where I go in and look at your social media on up to two platforms. And I write a really detailed report about what you're doing really well, what can be done better and the specific strategies and examples on how you can improve it to maybe meet certain goals or just improve engagement or whatever it may be. That's usually like the best starting point and it gives you a really good idea of like where your business is at. And then we kind of move forward from there. I do a lot of individual coaching. Like I have a lot of um, businesses that we talk uh, maybe once a month or once every two weeks and we talk about what they're doing even beyond social media, but like specific marketing strategies, like in store in house and those sort of things too. So I'm pretty open. Like I do have a services list, but it's pretty much like, it's pretty personalized. I would say depending on what they need. And then you do websites as well. And yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Be sure to check out her Instagram page because it is so (laughs) perfect and prim and like, we're always drooling. Yeah. We're like, Like, how can we get her to look like that? Her (laughs) colors are so nice. Yeah. Your captions and advice are are awesome. I always find myself going to your page and trying to get motivated to post on my own pages. I know. (laughs) Yeah. No, it is. And I feel like it's a really cool direction that the social media is going in right now. And I feel like you just put so much information out there that people can actually take and use. Definitely this year it has gotten a lot more like used Social a lot media. more yeah, yeah because people yeah. aren't spending time with each other as much. And it'll yeah. only go more online now especially with like COVID and people mm-hmm. some people not being able to go back to work mm-hmm. or having to find other ways to generate business. Yeah. Like social media is probably more important now than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. That's something that I I'm trying to really push people and help people to understand because I understand we're going through a really tough time with the economy. Well, certain people are, you know, there's, there's a lot going on with job loss and things Mm -hmm. crashing and stuff. But, and so people are, you know, trying to hold on tight to their checkbooks and they're thinking, you know, maybe, you know, marketing isn't really a budget that I have right now, but to be honest right now is the time that you need to be investing the most in marketing, I would say, because Mm -hmm. the world is shifting to Mm -hmm. being really online. Like there's multiple businesses I've seen that never had an online store that in the last two months, now they have, they have no other choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really it is really important to be investing in your marketing right now. And it's honestly not a huge investment. Like 98% of everything that I do for people on social media, there's no cost. Like they pay me, but there's no cost to, you know, half of my clients don't even run paid ads. I would say, yeah. I think yeah. paid ads are extremely effective, but there are yeah, ways are. around it. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. really now is the time to make sure that you are investing in your marketing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. So maybe talking about like, um shifts and like hard times so say someone is getting ready to take that leap like you're like a boss babe you're an entrepreneur and you started your own business and you decided to say okay like I'm gonna do my own thing when did you know to do that and how did you do that so to be honest it's been really recent for me and it's kind of just like everything kind of aligned I don't want to say like I was forced to do it but it just kind of made sense so I have increasingly been doing it closer to full time over the last year. And I had a goal that in the next two years, I wanted to be at my nine to five 
only a few days a week or, you know, part time. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was when COVID uh, really got bad and everything started to shut down, they asked for voluntary layoffs at the dealership. And I took one because I knew that being like a one person marketing department that I was going to be the first one probably to go. Right. Because I wasn't essential in their eyes. So I knew that. So I took I took that. Um, and I still had, I had a fair amount of clients and then honestly, what, what happened was when they wanted me to come back to work, they wanted to kind of restructure my position slightly. And the way that it worked, it just wasn't going to work for Carter and I's lifestyle and what we were trying to do going forward. Like I was trying to move towards more flexibility, less time at the dealership. And this new position was going to require me to be there a lot more. more. Um, it was going to be a little more stressful. I was going to be more involved in sales. So it was going to be a little more stressful. And so we just kind of made the decision that maybe now was the time for me to leave. So that's what I did. It's kind of been up and down from there. It is scary. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, lie. It is. Everyone says, Oh, well it's easy. And you just know it's not, it's, it's up and down. At least I know it will be for the next little while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I have times where it's like, I have so many calls and I get all these projects and I'm so busy and then I'll be dead for a couple of weeks. And then it all comes at once. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I felt like that too, but yeah. I read cause I do like read things because I do get anxiety about it some days. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, if you don't, feel like that in your first five years of business, you're not then doing you're, not, it right. you're not doing it right. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I was going to say, I think that's really normal for any entrepreneur. Like mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of how it works. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe I might have to get a part-time job for a little while. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, but it, I think it's just kind of all part of the journey. And I think mm-hmm. that not so much of like when you know it's the right time, but when you know it's your passion and you know, it's the right move to make is like when it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And that, that's the best part about it. So yeah, I just kind of decided, you know, I knew the lifestyle that I, we want to build and it just made sense and it just kind of all worked out together that way. Yeah. And I, I feel like the sport that we're in and the lifestyle that we live, it is so beneficial when you can make your own hours or you, you know, like you are your own business person. Mm-hmm. Like we're all nodding <laughs> our heads like crazy here because that's just like we need time we need to Horses be done at, we need to be they done at three o'clock totally. so we can make that six o'clock jackpot like you know so if that maybe is something that one of our listeners is really wanting to do maybe it's time to make that change or yeah. to follow your heart like they say to follow your gut or follow your heart and everything so why not in a career as well right yeah. you so. can always make it work that was one of like when I was kind of toying with the decision of what I should do that was like one of the things that Carter and my dad said is like you just bought a three-year-old, so yeah, you should stay home. <laughs> you should be working from home. You're a mother you've now. You've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> like, because I've got horses to ride, now. and I yeah. will say, like, that has been the best part about this summer because I've been home. I've been really lucky to be home all summer. Yeah. Is that I haven't had to stress. Like, I can go to a yeah. jackpot at two o'clock. That's fine. I make my hours around mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I still do the same amount of work, but I might work until nine or ten o'clock at night when I get home, and yeah. that's fine. And it doesn't, it's not like I'm mad to do that, right? Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, being in the equine industry and, or even involved in rodeo or equestrian at any level, having something that can work around your hours is just going to make your life so much easier. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Then your boss isn't going to get mad at you because you're like, so did you work in, um, did you use each of your diplomas or degrees a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when I first finished school, I did train horses for a while. So I grew up riding hundred jumpers. I did that my whole life. And then I, um, rode for a lady here close to Carstairs and I had outside horses and client horses and stuff. And I was going, and then I was like transitioning, going back to school. I was coaching a little bit in Cochrane. I was going to school in Olds 
And I just kind of decided like, it just wasn't fun for me to ride for other people anymore. Mm -hmm. So I kind of finished off the client horses I had then. And I went back to school and I was actually going to school with Renee LeClaire. Well, I had before. And she said to me, well, why don't you just come ride with me? And so at least you're riding. And so I went and I, I went there and I remember she said, well, what horse do you want to ride? And I said, well, I hadn't rode barrel horses ever. So I said, well, <laughs> well, what horse do you want me to ride? And she said, well, you can pick whatever one you want. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, are you crazy? Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Anyway, I started riding with her. I rode with her like through that whole winter and I would go to help her like at jackpots and meet all horses and I'd help her out and stuff. And then that's just kind of how I got hooked. Hmm, okay. And then, um, then I fell in love with a bulldogger and then that's just kind of how <laughs> it all came about. And then, yeah, now, um, I do rodeo and so I have barrel horses and it's the best thing because like I get to ride for myself. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, that's a really big deal and it's like a lot less pressure. It's, it's a lot more fun. I, I ride horses for, um, Carter's uncle sometimes and stuff like that, but it's pretty much like just our herd and just family. So it, it's really nice. So can you tell us a little bit about your horses? Yeah, does everyone so ever want to is... not talk about their horses? <laughs> I, all of our friends are like, how come your podcasts are so long? It's like because people want to yeah. talk about their horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have three right now. We have four. I'm sure there'll be more soon. But I have um, mm-hmm. a 10-year-old mare um, by Decider. So she's a Dash to Fame granddaughter out of a uh, gold seeker Leo mare that Kaylee Argent ran Um her, I think the mare's name stars big. It was good mare hers. So I have her, I call her ultra. I wouldn't, uh, she's Finnish. I don't know if I'd call her. (laughs) She's really cool. She's like extremely like scarily athletic. Cool. Almost terrifying at times, really. And fast, (laughs) turny, really small, turny, Mm -hmm. but like strides out like nothing. Like it's crazy. The big stride she has for how tiny she is. Yeah. So she's really cool. We've been like battling a few things on and off with ulcers and stuff, but she's starting to come into herself now. And then I have a seven-year-old mare that I call Nova and she's like foundation bred. She's all two-eyed Jack, kind of more ranch bred. Oh yeah. And so I got her as a three-year-old. I put her on the barrels. That's how Shannon and I met is mm. I went to one of Shannon's clinics with her oh, cool. when I think she was only four. Like I was just starting her on the pattern then I think. Okay. So I have her and she's really neat. She's like more of a 2D, 3D horse, but I run her like kind of as backup horse and at smaller things. Um, and then we, I, we started a rope on her and we started a haze on her. And so nice. she just kind of all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's nice, nice to have kind of horses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I just got a three-year-old that I'm really excited about. And so she, her name's Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Yeah. Whip. Everyone always says it in that voice. I don't know what it, what is family it, Family Guy? guy? Yeah. Everybody whip. always says that. <laughs> my grandma used yeah. to She's like, you want some Cool Whip? Yeah. <laughs> oh my laugh. goodness. So <laughs> I got her from Monica Wilson and Randa Nugent. And so she is by a stud called PC Bars Docks Frost. She's from Cardston. The, the breeder's from Cardston. So it's a Sunfrost granddaughter. Okay. Or grandson, sorry. And um, she's a granddaughter of Sunfrost out of a, uh, oh gosh, I can't even think of it right now. Um, oh, a quarter dry mare. So she's more foundation bred too, but mm-hmm. she's got Sunfrost, so that's good. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. a 
beautiful Palomino. So Ooh, yeah, she matches really, your hair. Yeah. You needed a horse <laughs> to match your yeah. hair. I had to break my curse of red horses because I have oh. all sorrels and chestnuts. Every time we get a horse, we're oh, like, a chestnut we're going to hold out for something flashy and we never. So we finally got it. Yeah. And she's going to be pretty cool. I think she's pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah. And you you have her because you said she's three. So she's started and stuff. Yeah. So she came started. She's got a really nice start on her and she just has like this much. She nothing phases her. Oh, like I've been taking her to jackpots already and just ride her around and see the sights and just like the train was going by the other day and she's just standing cool as cucumber. So, yeah. So I'll ride her like we'll start to pattern her this winter. And then um, so she'll be a twenty twenty two. Okay. So I'll, nice. I'm going to maturity her. I've never had a maturity horse before. So she's not Sweet. super seeks or anything, but I kind of want to have like that experience. So yeah. that's why I plan mm-hmm. with her. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. And you said you do do a little bit of rodeoing as well? Yeah, I do. Yep. So I run FCA and LRA. Um, I also have a status card. So I go to the Indian rodeos. Sweet. Cool. So I do that, which is really nice. Yeah. So I'm going to do, hopefully next year we'll get to rodeo hard and then. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I'll try the maturity thing and kind of try to go to a few. Yeah, yeah nice. this is the practice year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone can get sharp this year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> can you imagine, like, with this much time off and how many treatments the horses are probably getting and everything, how hot it's going to be, like, this fall? Like, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, when all the, like, you know, CBHI this year, I think, is going to be popping. <laughs> Even right now, <laughs> like, some of the jackpots around here that I've been going to, like, I can't, like, it's been salty. Like, I... <laughs> Because everybody's just, the rodeo. they want somewhere yeah. to go. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. so many more rodeo people. Yeah, for sure. It's been very, very competitive. Well, and, the horses and, e- look good. and even for Galloway's, when you entered, when the en- entries opened up, you were in the last. Yeah. I like texted them like just like an hour, like a couple hours maybe after entries. And I'm like, who wakes up at 8 a.m. anyway? <laughs> just kidding. No, I actually do. I wake up at like six. But that's a total joke because everyone thinks I sleep in from this podcast now. But I actually don't. <laughs> But, um, anyway. yeah, I, yeah, I texted them and I was like in the 6 PM slot and then they texted me today. They're like, we'll move you to four. I'm like, yes, we got to go home a little earlier. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Cause it the is two till six filled up and yeah. But really yeah, just so quick. fast. Yeah. yeah. So how, what do you guys think of these COVID jackpots? Like, how do you feel about, like, I know up North, um, we have like maybe four slots. Practice to nights. Well, no, they're, they're, they're the jackpots. <laughs> That's the right word. You're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> no, no, actually, um, at least Lisa Trash said no. <laughs> but uh, so uh, what do you guys think about having the four different slots? And like, well, like, like up north, we have four slots that we can choose from, like the a.m., p.m., Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. You go and make your run and then you get to go home. So what do you guys think of how the direction of barrel racing is going now? Uh, for an OCD person like me, I love it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think <laughs> I think this is the future of yeah. bar racing, yeah. and it's it's more organized and it's easier. Like if you have a horse that needs, like say Lasix or yeah, whatever, you can, you can plan it. it easier. It's like yeah. I think it's yeah. The, the I cool think thing the they've future. been doing down here too is they've been running. Well, at most of them, they've been running like if they have youth or peewee, they've just been like it's all in one draw, which I think oh, okay. is really nice. Yeah. Exactly what Shannon's saying. Like if you've got drugs to time or anything, or even if you're just coming from work and you know mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. coming to run, you can time things so much easier. Yeah. I also am really bad because I never have cash, so I really <laughs> like that I pay beforehand. Yeah, I I really like that. Um, I like and it. you don't have to go and find like you don't have to go and find them and pay and everything like you just yeah you've already paid and if you win money they're just gonna each transfer to you like you don't have to wait around for your I money know. at yes. the end of the jackpot they're just gonna 
Send easier for the host too, especially oh, if they're riding in the jackpot. You know, they don't have to like tie their horse up, go and like calculate papers. And yeah. everyone's waiting by the horse trailer. For yeah, just like, oh, the, we'll have that for you tomorrow. So don't too. bother. Like, yeah. You don't have to yeah. wait around. It's mm-hmm. actually, it's the format is kind of neat. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, no, it's been, I, I think it's going in a cool direction mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I think that like, they've been doing a few things here um, where they like if you have a double header, you don't actually have to run twice. Like you can just roll your time. Yeah. But at the ones that I go to in Carcers, it's been really nice. They do an amazing job. And it's been really nice because if you knock or if you go off pattern or something, you you do get to run again. Oh, like yeah. if you've rolled your time and your first ro- run goes really wild, you can run again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that that's really nice because someone like me, I don't – I mean – some people that like mostly jackpot are different. Like they can run their horses twice. I know like my ultramare, she cannot run twice in the same mm-hmm. arena. That is not going to go well for me. I remember one time I ran her the first time and she won the jackpot and I was like trying to get my ABRA count or something. So I said, Oh, run a second time. Slam two barrels. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like, okay, rodeo horse, like do not go in the arena before you run. Like it just needs to be like throwing the done. wolves kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that's really nice that you can roll because I don't, I can get my count faster. I can roll my times and I don't have to run my horses twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know I've been digging it. That's for sure. It's definitely, I hope that fingers crossed. It's the future of <laughs> yeah, our racing. Sticks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So will we be seeing you guys at the Galloway's high stakes race this weekend? We'll be there. We're watching. spectating. Yeah, we're spectating. <laughs> I was looking for the word. Yeah, we are spectating. Yeah. We'll be spectating with Bailey's. Yeah, oh, no. With that, Bailey's. Yeah. That's the only way to spectate yeah. a barrel yeah. race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. I love getting up at with uh, for CBHI. I love grabbing a coffee and Bailey's and the program and just watching the fraternity mm-hmm. and derby. Yeah, C- go. I yeah. like CBHI. It's fun to go watch. I know, yeah. It's yeah. my and favorite, too, because I'm a bloodline Oh, my nerd. goodness. Yeah. yeah. I know, but... Like the previous years. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> I love having my program and watching because I'm a bloodline nerd. So I will like sit there yeah. and study and I like to watch this, like look, read it all and watch them. And, and then yeah, video them. I like sometimes <laughs> I'm like, are people judging me? Like, <laughs> yeah. So talking about bloodlines and stallions, how important is it to market your stallion on social media? And what are some things that you can do for a stallion owner? Oh, I love this question because yes. I don't have a stallion owner client yet. Oh, literally my dream client. I'm not oh kidding gosh. you. So I'm so glad you asked me this question. <laughs> and they have to do so much work. Oh, so that yeah, would be a good yeah, prospect that client. Okay. Yeah. You guys have to hire her if you're a stallion owner and you're yeah. listening. It is <laughs> extremely, Im- in my eyes, it's extremely important. I think that um, there's a lot of really good stallions out there that a l- even someone like me, who's like really into studying bloodlines and I try and be like pretty up on what's out there and what's going on. I would guess there's hundreds of ones that are like extremely high quality that I have no idea about because they don't have, they're not working on their marketing and you know, there could be different reasons why if they don't think it's important, if they don't have the budget to do so marketing and styling can be expensive. Mm -hmm. But I think if you utilize social media enough, you can stay away from the print ads, you know, the full page things, that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. So I think that it's, it's very important and you need to be very strategic um, obviously who does an extremely good job would be high point. That's a very, very good example. Oh, yes. Um, like I was blown away for example, by their, um, like the giveaway that they do during NFR where they give away like so many breedings. Yeah, yeah. I know. I <laughs> saw so that. what's really interesting about that. And I know f- 
from personal experiences. So when you enter that giveaway and you have to comment like a picture of your horse and whatever the bloodline is or whatever that you breed to, right? So after they picked their winners, they went through and chose specific mares that they know. Like, for example, oh. they know yeah. on Slick that the Dash to Fames, like that's very proven cross. Yeah. So yeah. they went through and messaged people with Dash to Fames and offered them, you know, like a slightly discounted breeding oh. or things like that. Oh. Oh, yeah. So like being strategic like that, knowing like this is a proven cross, we need to we need yeah. more breedings to these mares. Yeah. Like doing stuff like that is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, staying on top of who is um like running the offspring what their results mm-hmm. are sharing that that mm-hmm. that's incredibly incredibly yeah. important yeah. and i think that that's going to be i think we're going to see a lot of people move away from like print ads like they do in the magazines and stuff and do yeah. a lot more on social media and a lot more um i would say like video advertising yeah mm-hmm. i was going to say like you watch like the pink buckle or those big charities yeah. and you, they have like the commercials as the stallions like at this point, I'm like, I don't even know who I, what, what I would want because yeah. there's so many. So it is so important to have someone to market your stallion in a way that maybe it set, makes them stand out from the crowd Yeah, because how there's so many, but that industry, like even compared to others, like it's always changing. So yeah, you yeah, always have like, totally. you know, one of the offspring, maybe want a rodeo here or like this was a magic cross or like mm-hmm. there's probably always stuff to share, but it's, it is a lot of work. So yeah. to have help with something like that would be. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, it's all personal, it's all personal preference, but uh, based on like, say what I would look for in a stallion or, or what I like, I would say that there are some like pretty mediocre stallions that have huge followings and Mm -hmm. are doing like so popular because Mm -hmm. their marketing game is on point. So it might, they might not be the best of the best, but because they've invested and they've taken the time to be that strategic in their marketing, yeah, people are all over it. And I think there's yeah. a lot of examples of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. It's all about how you market yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll, let's talk about like <laughs> stud posts or stallion posters real quick here. Like looking at them like on online, my biggest pet peeve is when I can't find the blood. Like, you know what I mean? Like how they have like the bloodline yeah. sometimes in the corner and I'm just like, yeah. I can't even read that. Like, or a picture of yeah. the stallion too. Yeah. Like the pictures I have to see be a good. Picture of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like there was one, there's one baby that I was looking at, but the picture of the stallion was so bad. I didn't, I was like no longer interested in it because it, the stallion picture was just brutal. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I can't even. <laughs> and for have. sale ads too. Yeah. yeah for sale I was ads say, too. Photography is a yes. huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. So when you have a stallion that say like isn't proven yet, or they're like just bringing it up, it's like young, it's offspring isn't running. Maybe they're like two or yearlings or whatever. What are some good marketing tips that you can do or something that maybe you would do for a client to make it stand out from the crowd? So I definitely would say put a big focus on whatever bloodlines they're from and what they're already proven for. Okay. Mm -hmm. Proven for. Um, Another big thing I would say would be video marketing. Like even if it's just them in the round pen, but like a really high quality video, high quality photo shoot of movement. Um, I would say like if if they're not proven yet, I would really take that opportunity to focus on their confirmation, their build, mm-hmm. their bloodlines, mm-hmm. like the basic stuff. Yeah. And then once they have offspring that hit the ground, then you can focus on sharing, you know, what they're all doing and how they're proving themselves. Yeah. But I would really take that time to focus on the quality of the horse mm-hmm. and what is obvious. I mean, you you have to be careful that you're not throwing things out there you're predicting are going to happen. Right. But like by looking at that horse, what can you notice and really push those qualities in your marketing to start with? 
that's a scary thing about social media is like, you know, you put something out there that maybe you're predicting or hoping will happen <laughs> and it doesn't happen. And it's like, oh my God, like I said that, or, you know, yeah. it's out there for the world. So it is important to have someone that maybe can watch over you yeah. if you haven't done it before or help you with making those posts, especially in any equine related business, because people will attack you all the Karens of the world. <laughs> the love Betty love stuff. The they love cooped up barrel racers, oh, yeah. the page, and they oh, love the yeah it is i love the husband posts those are the best but they (laughs) love they love to attack people or so if you say something it's out there people screenshot it yeah you would do oh shannon doesn't have cooped up barrel racers so you're gonna have to have it i think it's based out of this like it's most people are in the states yeah cooped up barrel racers and there's another what's the other cloverleaf connection yeah yeah that one actually has a lot more valuable yeah oh my gosh and i think she makes it anonymous whoever writes yeah yeah i like that yeah i do like that but cooped up is just anyone whatever and anyone that is the wild west i know i will admit i get sucked into the black holes sometimes like just re- just posts. reading you just got one topic sometimes. in specific every time it comes up i'm just like oh don't do it what topic? Don't what topic oh well they like to talk about how compound compound omeprazole and oh all these things can treat gastric ulcers oh I'm yeah like, you're the oh. ulcer you were telling me earlier like the ulcer queen oh <laughs> and i'm like it just every time i'm like don't comment don't comment don't comment and i'm like <laughs> carter's like don't do it and i'm like i just it, the topic just grinds my gears like i just yeah. i can't help it well and there will be yeah. like 150 comments oh, for and each yes. all these one question and it's like they ask yeah. a question this is what my horse is doing and it's like okay hey, well what about we need to know the whole story here yeah and then yeah. everyone comments this for my horse and this is what happened with my horse and it's like it's not even related I, you know I get into those holes too yeah. usually the most logical reply is like go to the vet yeah yeah <laughs> like, exactly i'm sorry but someone who has pasture ornaments in their yard is not going to give yeah. you the right information yeah. you know and you yeah. know what i think there's a lot of value in gaining knowledge from people like yeah i try to ask some people like well what are you doing what do you do with and i think that it's all great and take it in and learn as much as you can but you do have to have a really good filter system yeah yes yeah, you have to exactly. ask the right people, and you have to take everything with a grain of salt because you have to remember that, like, every horse is individual. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, situation is so different, so you have to be really careful. But exactly what Shannon said, yeah, that was, um, I get uh, medium readings done with my horses a lot. Oh, we were talking about this earlier. And one thing that she said is, uh, th- she was telling me about the three-year-old, and she said, you know, this is really your chance to, like, train this one on your own. And she said, you are going to get help from people, but... You need to be very careful. Like you're going to know intuitively who you should be taking advice from. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a really good rule. Like you need to, if you value their opinion, those are the people to ask. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have to be very, very careful. And the other thing that I think, think is important is don't ask too many people because you're just going to get yourself overwhelmed. You'll just get confused. But yeah, no, I think that, I think that's super, super important is to find your mentors and, Shannon conveniently moved 10 minutes away from yeah. Well, actually, so it was jealous. a little further, and now I we bought a new place, so now we're even closer. Yeah, oh, so. that is so nice. Poor <laughs> Shannon, like every day, ding, ding, my horse ball. <laughs> oh, Help me. Yeah. I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> I think she likes helping because she I spent so. about eight hours with us yeah. in the today. Yeah. yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. Like, I think Steph H is head she got a little bit of a sunburn up there. i know <laughs> i know your forehead <laughs> i like you ran into so a it's wall it's just gonna be like white 
the top of my head. Yeah, your your neck, your tan to your neck, and then yeah. your face is like a little white. Yeah, I know. I, I had my hat. I was like wearing my sunglasses, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wear sunglasses. I'll get like a weird tan. <laughs> so I gotta squint. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Stuff it out. Yeah. No dice. No dice. Yeah. So we love to end up our podcast with an embarrassing or funny story that has happened down the rodeo road. You know, because you do listen. That you do have. <laughs> I do listen, but I just got to think of it. We, we just sprung the podcast on her tonight. Here. Bam. Yeah, I didn't even know <laughs> I was doing this actually. podcast. We were walking yeah. up the stairs and we're like, do you want to come on the podcast tonight? Yeah. Well, Shannon said like, oh, they want to record something with you. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But and they're like, you know, you're like, you're going to be on the podcast. I was like, oh. The good thing is like not something you have to look good for. Like, Yeah. I would oh, say yeah. embarrassing story that's happened to me. Well, I wouldn't say like it actually 100% happened, but it almost happened. So like I have two (laughs) horses. One, they're like literally could not be more opposite. One is like more free. One is a push style. One goes to the left. One goes to the right. One's like more. How do you do that? Okay. Like before you go into the story, tell us how you do that. Cause that sounds like (laughs) wizardry. Like I Um, still feel like I'm trying to learn how to go to the left. I don't think I do it successfully 100% of the time (laughs) yet, but. I really try to, oh, I, I can consider myself a pretty quiet rider. I think that's like something that just from riding English is, yes. that mm-hmm. comes natural to me. Yeah. And I'm pretty in tune with my horses, but I do have to remind myself of things like, okay, I got to like think through what I need to do. Cause like one, I just like ultra, I just let her go. I bury my hand in her neck. I don't touch her in her turns. I don't do a whole lot of too much. I ride aggressive into my barrels because the harder I run her, the harder she turns. But my other Nova, like, she needs a little more help. She needs to be picked up and guided a little more. So, honestly, I think it's just, like, giving yourself a little pep talk every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, like, being really in tune with the needs of the horse. Mm-hmm. But what I would say, this di- well, it happened to me at a jackpot. I have to remind myself, like, okay, what horse am I on? What barrel do yeah. I need to go to? <laughs> and, like, I, I have accidentally ran over to the right before but luckily she was started to the right and she's oh. so easy going that she was just like oh okay going right. Right. Surprise. but if i did that on my other horse oh that would not be good <laughs> that's funny so that would be yeah that would probably be the most embarrassing oh thing that's have funny to give yourself five and remind yourself who you're actually riding yeah. are, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. are they the same kidding. color uh no well they're kind of like yeah. one's more chestnutty one's sorrel but oh, okay they're just look similar. down and be yeah. like oh, i don't know yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so what are some goals that you have or like maybe some things you want to achieve, say like by the end of like this year or next year with your business? Um, I definitely want to be like fully functioning full time. So like, I don't have to have another job for sure. Yeah. So like uh, you would say a year from now, that would be my goal because I would say that we would be planning to rodeo a lot harder and I need to be able to have something that it doesn't matter where we are. I can be working Yeah. yeah. that for sure. Um, I would love to have. I would love to try and shift my business like more to, I would say right now I'm like 60, 70% equine industry related. I would like to shift that to like closer to 80 or 90 Yeah, just because I mean, I can work with other other industries, but it it comes more naturally to me to work in the equine industry. So I would say that would be a big goal for me. Um, That would be about it. To be honest, like I accomplished a lot of goals this year that I didn't think we're going to happen for a few that's years. Cool. So I, yeah, I would say that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So do you have like, other than like having a stallion as a client, like or a stallion owner as a client, <laughs> just like what would be your other dream clients to have? Um, I would say probably like 
something really like a big product or service, whether it be like a supplement or a nutrition yeah. company hmm. or like yeah. Dave or Carrie Kelly or somebody like that, <laughs> yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, because like, I think that offering a product like opens up a lot more doors. Yes. Yeah. So definitely something like that and a stallion for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. That'd be cool. So where can people find you on social media and everything? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at, at sweetgrassandseguero.social because I used to have my personal page. Mm. Now it's just Shelby oh, Wixon. Yeah. But you can find me there. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me at sweetgrassandseguero.com. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for staying up late with us. Well, thank you for surprising <laughs> me with the podcast. Bam. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. this is all unscripted. We yeah. pretty much wung the whole thing, but I think it went pretty well. We wung it. We're good at asking questions. Or Nadine's yeah. good at asking questions. I'm just like, tell yeah. me everything. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, Nadine like, really took over for this podcast. She, she did good. Yeah. I, I know. I feel I listen to the podcast sometimes. Well, I usually don't because I hate the sound of my voice. But I do listen. And I'm just like, <laughs> I need to shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you have good. lots of good questions. Uh, yeah. just we, all pop. we need you here because like some, me and Steph would just sit here and like stare at each other I know. for five minutes. Like, <laughs> what do we say? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. All uh, right. Well, do you know how to take us out of these podcasts? Oh, I think let's let Nadine do it. Let's no, no, Nadine. you no, have to no. take them out. You say. Hashtag, hashtag get rich or ride train. <laughs>